Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us, leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Just thinking. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm just thinking. Welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Green. That is Mr. Horsley. That, I think I think this is the right arrow. Not, not for that me. That is Mr. Sumner. <laughs> and today on the show, well, it's episode eight. Eight. We got one more of WandaVision. You guys ready for this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm all over it, mate. I'm all I'm all over it, true believers, as we say, in the Marvel-loving business. <laughs> Excelsior! Yeah, right on. Make my Marvel. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Man, so this is the penultimate episode, and, and it kind of debunked some, again, some stuff we thought last week, and it kind of raised a bunch more questions. Yeah, and it, it was- set, up, set up some stuff I just didn't see coming. That's what I love about this show, is, is because, you know, that the, the they set up all these things that you, if you're a big fan, you go into a kind of whirlpool of prediction about, and then 90% of it, they've just done something else other than what you predicted, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. What's going to happen with Quicksilver? Because basically we find out we're, we were kind of correct on that one. Agatha, Agatha, Agnes just raised him from the dead. Well, but she says, your, the dead. your brother was, was in Sakota, you know, his body was in another country, so she just basically picked one that was local, who yeah, happened to be. It's weird, though. It's weird that she would pick one that looked like Evan Peters. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you know, it's still possible that, like, uh, she's picked some iteration of Pietro that's just not her brother version of Pietro, and it's a multi-dimensional yeah. thing. You know, there is a lot of multiverse, obviously, you know, coming on the horizon. Yeah. Um, I th- I thought think that was very interesting. I think. Um, I really like the fact that the the basically retro uh, fitting um, Wanda's origin and basically peeling back the layers and showing this thing that well actually yeah what happened with the what happened with the Mind Stone in terms of giving her her powers and by the way until this week's episode I'd never really made the link between the fact that. The Mind Stone is what gave her her powers, and it's also what powers the vision. And more on that in a second, because I think it's absolutely a really key point, yeah? It's enhanced but, her powers, right? Yeah, as an yeah. But, but actually, the reveal is that her, she always had the powers in the first place, and they've enhanced. Yeah. And, and they've just dealt much more into that. Actually, she is a witch, like, within the multiverse, and just, you know, essentially, you know, the 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 stone opened her up to the power of the scarlet witch and all of that kind of stuff that was the massive accelerant that gave her the kind of like i mean she's clearly much more powerful than agatha is as well who's obviously yeah. very powerful herself you know so it's just such a such an interesting dynamic 
But it is. I, I like the. I liked when they she used the term Scarlet Witch at the end because it was like a huge fanboy moment. You know, oh, they said, said the name for whatever reason. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it was the first time they actually named her in a way. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. And I, I thought it was very interesting the way that you find out in this episode that Hayward has actually been bullshitting uh, Darcy and uh, and Jimmy Woo and, and yeah. uh, Rambo. And it's not the case that Wanda stole the Vision's body and then no. set up Westview. It He's had the Vision's body the whole time. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. like and, and I think the fascinating thing is that she's set at Westview with the essence of vision, which is presumably insider because of the moment that she executed vision in Infinity War. At that point, uh his essence or some level of his essence was clearly, you know, was clearly residing within Wanda. So that when she has a kind of nervous breakdown moment where her powers rewrite Westview his essence comes out and, and actually he inside Westview is a complete projection of wonder rather than the fit, the reanimated spirit it, a, 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 animated by animus. It's just like his animus. She's had his animus since, since it all went haywire in the, in infinity war. I just found all that totally fascinating. Yeah, it was really fa- Do you think, do you think next week I'm, I'm going to be sad because it's the last episode, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be super sad. It's still weird. It's, Odd numbers are always odd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to end the show on number nine is just kind of you. You think they'd go like I feel like stream stream streaming uh, service is always like ten or thirteen episodes. Yeah. You know, nine just seems to be kind of odd. But I'm I'm thinking next week that we're gonna have some kind of showdown between the visions, and I'm wondering if vision the essence of vision that was. Wanda created is going to possess and become the the, the, whole the android the white android vision that yeah, would he'll, certainly he'll be, go into the white android vision he'll, he'll and come become himself color. again yeah yeah and him and become the vision once again that would certainly be my preferred outcome and we were talking about yeah. this a bit immediately after the episode like Kenrick that would certainly be my preferred vision and it's one of the things they could set up it wouldn't be that would be a very triumphant upbeat ending of it to end that way yeah. and and maybe there's a, a sadder ending that they're going to go for who knows but that's the ending that i certainly would like that you know you've got this very powerful vision but who at the end of the day this new powerful white android vision is only really powered by a vestige of um wonder's hex energy which is still lurking within that that stark you know that yeah. that stark piece of hardware, and that the reality is that actually they end up all of the 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 uh, as far as we understand it at the moment is all of the the vision's actual animus, all of his identity, is there as a force that that uh, that Wanda's been keeping hold of, and the fact that he could then jump into that android body, rewrite it, and just become himself again that would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, the thing with the thing with Marvel is uh, a lot of people have got to have speculated that that's where it's going to go, and they are just brilliant at wrong footing you, and oh, yeah. and, <laughs> and and probably this series would be more powerful if it has a sad ending. I would guess. I'm uh, thinking because I'd love to see a very happy ending. Oh yeah. Just not. Sh- I mean, and if it ends happily like that, I'll be a happy man. You know. <laughs> right. But if it doesn't, if it doesn't end up with everybody triumphing, I think it will be interesting. But I would love to see the vision survive. And you know he's got the perfect vessel to survive in now. 
yeah. I don't think, based upon what they've done, that ending it with um, real vision gone and uh, Android vision being the only thing remaining, completely devoid of emotion as he was in the West Coast Avengers, <clears throat> uh, that's, that seems to massively triple, quadruple down on the sadness element tied into their whole relationship, which they've already been ragging into the ground throughout the rest of this series because this episode was real wallow in, um, in Wanda's really unhappy past and unhappy life to date. And I, I just don't think... Uh, you know, I'm trying to weigh this up in my mind. Are they really going to end this series with her life being just fucking wrecked? Because everything has gone wrong for her now. And it's now just when she's kind of got him back, then she loses him again. Uh, unless yeah. they want to end it sadly to play into the chaos that is going to be the Doctor Strange movie. And that ending it sadly gives her would give her a reason to embrace the Scarlet Witch persona, but to do so in a way that made her quite a malevolent kind of adversary rather than an ally. I guess that's one thing they could be doing. And I think they're setting up, it's quite clear that they're setting up, um, Agatha's one of these characters who, it seems to me that what one, there are two people we know of in the MCU have got who are more powerful than her in that sphere. One is Wanda, who doesn't really know how to use her powers properly, which is the other thing that's really come out of this, is she's only been using an aspect of what she can do. Right, yeah. right. A percentage, a small percentage. Yeah. And the other one who's uh, Doctor Strange, who, who who is, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, is the Sorcerer Supreme, right? And is probably, right. uh, Agatha doesn't probably rec represent any real which is threat weird to him. That he's, it's kind of weird that Doctor Strange is has more experience or is better equipped with his, with his power set than somebody who's had it since they were kids. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a, such an interesting point because of course, one of the things they set up in Dr. Strange is Stephen Strange is kind of a savant, you know, and he was right. in the way that he was a brilliant surgeon. No, he learned true. to be that's a brilliant true, yeah. surgeon really quickly through study and practice. But if you remember a big part of what happens in Doctor Strange is he doesn't just become a sorcerer. He becomes the best sorcerer in record time and like everybody's flabbergasted with how he does it. You know, he said, well, you've been studying for this long. You should be here, but you're here. You're suddenly yeah. better than everybody else. But he's kind of a savant in terms of absorbing information and learning. So he just learned at record speed. And clearly yeah. it's his destiny to be that. So he has it within him as well. So it's nature and nurture in Strange's case. So I think by the time we see him in Infinity War, he's already kind of leapt way ahead of everybody else. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And he he basically is, you know, he is playing the role that the H1 is no longer alive. He's now become, you know, the the, 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 the sorcery supreme, right? He's got that position. So I, I think he's just naturally brilliant at it, is, yeah. is the way they've played him in the universe. Which makes sense. Yeah. Benedict plays him brilliantly. I oh, he's amazing he's, in that role. I can't oh, see anybody else casting. playing him yet. Such great, you know? such great casting. I mean, I, yeah. I remember when when there was a lot of speculation about casting Strange. One of the um, well, when he I heard that he was for it, right. Yeah, well, I think actually what happened is I don't think he campaigned for it. I think Fagey came to him and said, "I think you are the person to play this role." And then then Cumberbatch would say, "Hey, look, man, I've got this. I've got the I've got the stage show. I've got the season three of Sherlock. I've got this. I've got that. The other." I won't be able to do it for another like 18 months, two years. To which Fagey's response is, right, that's fine. That's when we'll schedule it for. 
Yeah, Fagy really wanted him, and he was Fagy's vision of who it should be. Well, of course, as we've said before on this show, Fagy casts extremely well. You know, yes, and he, he was yeah. right. But the, the one other person that for me who who would have been very different to Cumberbatch, who I who was rumoured, you know, to be circling the part that they were thinking of asking before the Cumberbatch stuff got confirmed, who would have been very different, would have been very interesting. I think is Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. And I think I think would have been a really interesting choice for Strange. They've you know been, what I mean? A completely different vibe, but I, could, but I could see him doing like, it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they've been looking for a thing for Keanu forever. They want him in the, the MCU so bad. For yeah. sure. And I think Kevin Smith nailed it. They should have him be Moon Knight. Yeah, that'd be yeah. good. Well, actually, the, the guy they've got playing Moon Knight is, I think, phenomenal casting, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. You, know this, right? you know who's going to be Moon Knight. No, I know that there have. I know that the TV shows in development. I don't know who they casted. Oh, dude! Um, uh, like, mate, I, I'm just gonna. I, I'm just gonna. It's. Um, I tell you who it is. It's. Uh, it, this is fucking brilliant. You're gonna like this, right? Nice. Um. Yeah. Do you really not know? No, I don't. I can't. I mean, I mean I'm oh. sure I've seen it. I just. You're gonna, I can't you're gonna like it. it. You're gonna like it. I think it's great casting. It's Oscar Isaac. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oscar Isaac, he's fucking perfect. Actually, oh yeah, he's great. Yeah, That's fucking great. I mean, I mean, actually, I actually think Keanu's a bit too old for Moon Knight. The way they should be portraying him, Oscar Isaac's fucking perfect for that character. I wonder what what iteration of Moon Knight they're going to do because the newer iteration from just a couple years ago of him being in the mental asylum. Yeah, the Warren Ellis one. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. So obviously good. difficult to mention Warren Ellis's name these days, but yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Warren Me Too Ellis. But Warren Ellis's version <laughs> is uh, is um, yeah, is Warren Ellis's version is that that that. To, I suspect they'll do classic Moon Knight, not Fist of Conchu and shit. I mean, I think yeah. Conchu will, will take play a role, but I'm sure they're going to go with the Mark Spector split foot personality version. You know, so you'll have uh, you, you'll have his cabbie personality Jake. And you'll have his millionaire personality, Stephen Grant. I think they'll do all of that. That'd be cool. Yeah. So I, I think probably it's gonna a lot of it's gonna be, you know, influenced, I would guess, by this by the by the Bill Sinkevich era. I think and it was Doug Munch was the writer back then. You know, so the Doug Munch, so you know, the stuff that really massively again turned the character into a major like kind of player. That runs yeah. really, really good. Do, do so you guys- if you guys noticed during the, the episode, Agatha is it Agatha or Agnes? It's, Ag- it's, it's uh, Agatha. She was introduced as Agnes, but it's Agatha. But, but yeah. I, I, Agnes was her uh, anti-portmanteau name, as Casey would right, put it. Right, right. That was, yeah. you know, that was that was the reduced version of her real name. But she's really Agatha Harkness. So she's playing the part right now of, and you saw her history of her getting her power set and killing her own mom, and she obviously has a lot of angst and anger and and evilness i guess you could say inside of her but you can see moments in the show where she genuinely seems to care for wanda yeah yes she's she's crying over the situations that she's witnessing she's you know so it, it is she a frenemy is that what's happening right now is she somebody that wants to be good and is being forced into this role of handling wanda in this thing to find it out how she's doing what she did or is she uh just very much working on her own what do you think johnny i think there's still something else behind her doing it because 
I, I think that Agnes is going to turn out to be kind of like the frenemy slash, you know, she's just, she kind of comes across as she's more curious about how Wanda got her powers and how she does what she does. Not she wants to kill Wanda or take over. She wants to know how you got that, that powerful. Like the whole last episode is all about um, Ag- Agatha trying to figure out, okay, you're super powerful. How did you, how did you do it? How did you make this world? How did you do all this stuff? Not like, hey, I'm going to take you out. I'm jealous of you. It's more of like, hey, teach me or tell me what it's you know. It's about how, isn't it? Rather yeah. than even, why. Even, even as it ends with her with the kids, I think she's more trying to push her to that limit to do it again so she can see how it happens, not try to actually hurt her kids. She's trying to push her to be the Scarlet Witch, isn't she? Yeah, exactly. But watching her kill her mom makes gives you the feeling that if push comes to shove, she will kill those kids. Oh, I'm, I'm sure she will. But also, I got the sense. Uh, I got the sense where she didn't want to kill her mom, right? Yeah. She was like, d- 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 she she kills the other witches because they're trying to kill her. And if you right. watch that scene again, she's not she's not la- joking, laughingly turning their power on them and eradicating right, them. Right, right. She doesn't even know that she can do that when you watch that scene. You right. know, it's like they attack her and her power ends up being, she's kind of finding out in that moment how much more powerful she is. So she takes them out pretty quickly, but it's not really her grand design in that moment. Her grand is more is they're aggressing against her, and she ends up killing them in the process. And then when she says to her mom, I can be good, she's not trying to be a bad person. But her mom at that point goes, you know, reads her in a particular way and goes, Oh, you can't be good. Her mom is actively trying to kill her at that moment. You know, and that, that's when the, you know, queen of the witches like symbol appears on her mum's head and everything. And at that point, she's just too strong for mum. And her and in saving herself, she eradicates her mum as well. But if you look at the end of that scene, once she's taken them all out, she doesn't look triumphant. She just looks like, right, this is the way it is. And then yeah. she flies off, you know, to me. Yeah, good, good catch there. Yeah, I agree. Like it wasn't, it wasn't her plan to take them all out. Also, I want to, yeah. I want to call back real quick on Doctor Strange because I, I wanted to say something, but I didn't get it out in time. Um, did you guys notice that uh, if you look at Doctor Strange when he's in the 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 room with the f- forbidden books, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's one missing, and then there's the then there's the book in her in the the, the book that's in her uh, her basement, Agatha's basement, it has the same design work as some of the other books that are in Doctor ah, Strange's very forbidden. Very interesting, mate. Very interesting. So I'm wondering if that book she has is from that forbidden libra- library. Yeah, yeah, could well be. Could well it's very be, much right? like Marvel to have seeds like that seeded years before. <laughs> oh, yeah, yep. for sure, for sure. Oh, yeah. wait, so you're calling something back from the Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, I was lost for a second. I'm like, I don't remember seeing Doctor Strange in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> so in the library, there's a missing book that they don't talk about. Yeah, and, and when, when Strange steals that one book out of the Forbidden Library, on the second row, like third book in is missing. There's no, there's no book there on that on that wall. Uh-huh. The chained up books, and the That's book that Agatha has is the same kind of book that would be that it would be there. I mean, it looks a little, little different, but same size and like old antique, old, old ancient like magic book. I I, th- I think it's a great catch, and I, and I think that the uh, it that's classic Marvel. That, what they've probably done is they've set up that gap, not knowing yeah. what they were going to do with it. We'll right. say, well, let's not make it complete. Let's have some books not here. And then when at such point we need to introduce some other ones we haven't thought of yet or a reason to do it, yep. then we can go back and say, look, you can see it's not here. I bet they didn't have the full plan laid out, but they're going to go, we're going to create these opportunities. 100%. And it's brilliant the way they think about all that stuff. Yeah. It's kind of weird, man, to think about how interconnected I mean, this is why we we geek out and fanboy on this stuff. Yeah, how 
how well they've interconnected all these movies and it's something that we've never seen before. No, that's oh, exactly you know? right. Yeah. You know, and it's, movies it's now? like, yeah. ah, it just, it opens I, I, up so and much. And it's an ongoing tapestry as well. It's not like we're yeah. watching a piece of work that's complete. I mean, in 10 years time, the tapestry that is the MCU is just going to be that much more kind of multi-layered and complex in the way that, you know, at two years into the expansion of the X-Men titles, which we were talking about in the last episode, it is still quite a kind of manageable thing. 20 years later, it's like, fuck me, this is an entire, like, <laughs> library's worth of interconnected comics. It's very difficult to police. But they're very good at, like, kind of just layering out, you know, one movie, one TV project after the next. Yeah. You know what kind of bugs me? What's that? Is the intro for the Marvel cinematic universe now have you noticed when iron man and the first few you know the first phase one and and i think probably all of phase two that introduction was all of the the flipping of the comic book yeah Yeah. it was all classic scenes and art of the actual yeah of the actual uh characters characters that we love and now it's morphed into showing the actors playing the characters yeah, they I do a I little bit of one. it. And so it's like, I feel like this is just me personally. I feel like they are turning. No, I feel like they're turning their back on the inventory that is giving them these amazing stories to tell. I, 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 I know exactly what you mean, because I noticed that the, the movie they flipped over to doing that on. And they started to do it. I mean, we can look this up exactly because there's an exact answer. But off yeah. the top of my head, I they did, did it sometime post-Avengers, right? Yeah. And I, I I think they did it around the time of Age of Ultron that they started to flip that in. And since then, they keep on tweaking it all the time. But I don't really have a problem with that because at first it was something they couldn't do because those scenes, those classic Marvel <laughs> universes <laughs> just didn't exist in three dimensions. So they had to use the comics. And I think it's – I don't – it's not so much turning the back on it because obviously they they're hugely interactive with the comic book universe right. but i think also you know it's a kind of a celebration of what they've achieved thus far so as they begin to swap out the cartoon imagery and put the the real life iterations of those things in i think that's for me that's quite a pleasurable thing to see and it's interesting because when you look at the marvel logo as it has to appear on the on the partner studios like sony that still uses the comic book heavy version of it. So if you get if you watch the Spider-Man movies, if I remember correctly, I don't think I'm making this up. I might be, but it's my impression that when you see the Marvel logo on like the Spider-Man movies, it's much more of the comic book heavy version of it because they're not going to put all the MCU movies, Disney movies, at the beginning of a Sony yeah. film. That that would make sense. That would make sense. Johnny, what happens next week? What are we going to see? Uh, next week, we're going to see the end of this show, and it's going to move on next thing. <laughs> Excellent analysis. Brilliant. Wow. <laughs> no matter, no matter <laughs> what, I'm not wrong. <laughs> now, next week, I think um, is I think it's going to come down. I think we're going to see a battle of some kind of a magic battle between Agatha and and Wanda. I still think Strange is going to show up at some point because I think it's going to end. I, I think what's going to happen. I think my my prediction, which is probably going to be totally wrong, is that the White Vision is going to come to face with the you know the other vision right it has yep. no memory besides westview i think they're gonna they're gonna get into some kind of a tussle or a fight um 
I feel like the essence of Vision is going to go into White Vision, but it's going to be a, a clean slate. He's not going to remember anything. He's going to be he's going to have the personality and like the the goodness of this Vision we've known before. Uh, but his memory is going to be good. But no memory because there's precedent right. for that in the yeah. comics, right? So he's not going to be a, a motionless android. He's going to be the same Vision, but he's not going to know Wanda. He's not going to know anything about Ultron, anything about whatever happened. So he'll be like a brand new like re- rebooted computer pretty much. And Reborn. I think that's how Yeah, and I think that's going to that's going to, you know, It'll give fans, hey, Vision's back, but it's also going to give us one is still going to be really sad because Vision's to her, her vision is gone, right? Yeah, okay. That, that's, it, I think that's a very good call, actually, mate. Yeah. Okay, I've got a question. What's that? What about the kids? Do they survive next week's episode? Yes, I think the kids survive, and I think the kids, I think Agnes sends the kids off somewhere magically. Um, I think they're going to be the catalyst for the multiverse with Strange and, and Wanda. Like Wanda is going to be trying to find her kids. Is why she's going to open up the multiverse. I think Strange, her, I think, I don't, I don't think her and Strange going to be working together at first. I think it's going to be kind of like Strange trying to get to Wanda because Wanda is making all this chaos because she's chaos magic, and yeah. she's trying to find her kids again. So I think that's going to that's going to be kind of like the 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 you know chase in multiverse movie. Oh, that's that's very very interesting. I was personally hoping that we were going to die because I find them very annoying. But, uh, <laughs> but I, you know, I was praying for their death this week, and it just didn't fucking happen. It so did. I guess we've got to tolerate them for a little while longer. And I would sit there, I sit there loving the show and thinking, man, I wish these kids would fuck off though. Get on my nerves. And you know, when she's rolling her eyes about that, when a- Agatha's looking at them and rolling her eyes. I'm like, I'm completely with you, sister. I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> <That'd> be- <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Just kill him off already. <laughs> kill these fuckers off already. You know what I mean? Jesus Go Christ. heretic and just cut their heads yeah, off. Yeah. Yeah, just have just have um, Evan Peters Pietro go completely postal and waste them both. You know, you know what I mean, as as he realizes his own existence is a sham. You well, you did realize that she talked about she was controlling Pietro that whole time. Yeah, Th- yeah that right she on. was looking through his eyes. She was the yeah. one that was speaking. That she just said it the way she thought she had to say it. Yeah, like she was just delivering it all. Yeah, he's just a dead. He's just a, a shell. He's that's just a cipher, isn't he? He's just a cipher. Yeah. Yeah, that's all he is. So it's 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 interesting to see how what's going to cause the multiverse. I mean, are we going to see the the birth of the multiverse here? Is that what's going to happen in, in in episode nine? I think so. I, I, they've got to be opening that door. Uh, uh, on this note, while we're talking about this, because uh, we need to do a sort of play by play. We've already done some of the characters. Let's do the rest of them in a second. But yeah. my feeling is. I can't see how they can wind all of this up in like 25 minutes next week. They can't. Uh, just because the sheer number of characters, it's got to be a longer episode, right? right. Well, this was the longest episode yet. It was 47 yeah. minutes. <laughs> this was longer for sure. But surely yeah. next week's got to be longer longer as well. Because how can, you know, you've got to basically. It'd be 90 minutes. Yeah, you've got to cover off Jimmy Wu. You've got to cover off Rambo. You've got to yep. cover Darcy. You know what I mean? There's a lot of shit going down. Um so on Hayward, that note, what's what's going on with Hayward? And hope, fingers crossed, it is a longer a longer episode. Um, does Hayward survive or not? I think Hayward I think survives. Yeah. So he goes on to I be a prick in another film. Yep, I think he comes I think, back. I don't. I, I think he's a prick in this. I think he'll end up not being a prick. I think he'll end ah, up being like starts off a prick, and 
he's you, you know kind of like uh, kind of like Nick Fury you know what I mean or not yeah. Nick Fury but uh, who's the guy from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Coulson yeah you know at the beginning he was just kind of not a dick but he wasn't like he was kind of irritating yeah. I, I think I think you're talking about it's interesting you say that but Coulson might have been a you know by the book kind of guy but he was always yeah. quite a sympathetic character the difference with Hayward is Hayward is a kind of an arsehole and only sees the vision as a commodity rather than a person. Well, now, it like seems I was... to me the only way you could re- redeem that is by him having this kind of epiphany where he's like, oh, holy fuck, I've been treating you like a vacuum cleaner and actually you're a person. I'm so sorry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you, you have a you, yeah, you have a conscience. <laughs> but he's also been fucking <laughs> lying to people. He, I mean, he's yeah. done things that Fury, well, Fury, you know, is a manipulator. He's also done things that Fury and Colson haven't done. You know, he's directly done classic bad guy shit, you know, to Moon. Right. Yeah, like but being he, a direct also, adversary and lied to people. Yeah, but he also, when Wanda comes, I don't, I think he has it in his best. I think he's from the heart when he says, no, 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 let her have yeah, okay. that moment with him. I think that was real. I think that was genuine that he was like trying to give her some kind of closure and, yeah. and being completely honest. I can't let you walk out with $6 billion worth of, vibranium uh, now uh, actually mate let's talk about that i found that fascinating because my view when i watched that is hang on mate where the fuck do you get off saying that because the vision's not owned by the u.s government right you it's know the yours. vision's <laughs> actually owned by stark if there is an owner it's stark industries you know that sword don't have the right to come and fucking you know commandeer right. the vision because the right. vision a is clearly being registered as an individual hence the fact they had a living will in the next of ken Right, you know, Wonders and X of Ken, and we know he had the living will because they referenced it. Right. Actually, he wasn't developed by the U.S. government. He wasn't developed by the global government. He, yeah. he was privately developed, so he's never been owned by the government. But if you notice the way he says it is, if you if you watch, it's not an airtight thing that he says. He's just basically saying his opinion. You know, yeah. we've got a legal right to do this. I don't think he actually has the legal right to do it. But he might feel that he might think that he has that legal right as a. Yeah as a middle management person might feel because they've been told. Yeah. Oh, well, Actually, I mean, Stark I, gave it to us just like he gave us the war machine armor. Yeah. Um, this belongs to the U S government. So we do have a legal right. I mean, I, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm saying, you know, he might in his head, he might have that feeling. And I just think that eventually I think it's going to, I think he's going to become more of a, uh, he might be nothing. It, he might die next week, you know? Yeah. But I think moving forward, I he, think there's he, been too he, many little instances of him, being a dick but i don't think he's i think he's a dick and a liar but i don't think he feels he's doing the wrong thing because his actions are mimicking what stark and banner were doing in avengers 2 when they create they're they're, they're creating ultron yeah so so i get it so so kenrick your contention is is that hayward is a dick and a liar but he's not a cunt yeah yes yeah perfect i couldn't say anybody yeah Okay, yeah, I, that, but that, I really do. I think he's being a dick and a liar, and uh, because he thinks he's doing the right thing for, for you know, for lack forgotten country. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. he thinks that they're. I think he believes that the the vision that they're building is going to be that protector of the of the people. Yeah, that right. you know, be, because that's one of the, the the core issues that's going on in the Marvel universe to me is the fact that you have these ultra powered beings and then you have the normal pe- people and they're the normals that don't have the abilities are super scared you know knowing that 
Wanda can walk in to a government facility and basically do whatever she wants. And nobody in there can stop her. No they can, can bring as it, many yeah. guns as they want, and there's nothing they can do. That has yeah. got to be, and if you and if that was real, and you put yourself in that position, that is super scary to know that somebody could walk in and decimate and not just decimate like I'm Bruce Lee, because, you know, if you have enough people, you can be as Bruce Lee as you want. You're not going to get through everything. You know what I mean? There's always somebody else that can kick your ass, you know, yeah. but when you walk in and you're super powered and you have the ability to tear people apart without even touching them, that would be unconscionably scary. And I don't yeah, think, of course, and, and yeah. I understand people like Haywood that is grown up all of a sudden now there's these superhuman beings that can do these crazy, wonderful, scary things. And now he has the ability and he's heading a, something that he feels that can protect people like him, you know? And I, that's, think it's a, I think it's a great point. Somebody in within Canon who will definitely be with him and on his side and yeah. will believe that 100% is Thunderbolt Whether Ross. Whether he's right or wrong. Thunderbolt, and, and, Thunderbolt Ross will agree with that. Do you know oh, yeah. yeah, and if it works out that way for him, and that's what Tony Stark and Banner were trying to do as well. They have the they knew this they knew attacks were imminent. They knew that that other beings could could possibly be decimate the, the globe, and they decided to create Ultron that could protect. And I think that's what I think that's what Hayward's going for. And I think his actions are not are not great. You know, but at the same time, is he supposed to be open and honest about everything that they have going on with everybody there? I mean, there True. is need to know things from time to time, especially when you're talking about a project that's bringing back, uh, you know, a weapon, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I think eventually he's going to be more of a, on the side, I hope he's more on the side of good. And then I still contend that, the white vision could be a sim could be a version of Ultron sitting there, but I'm probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're wrong, but <laughs> that would be brilliant. Though, if it was the case. I, I mean, the thing is, it, it, this is a, it's a, we're a really interesting moment now, because if you think we're just about to finish one division and then the week after there's the, uh, there's the special about behind the scenes. Right. And yeah. then it, that one division immediately rolls into Falcon and winter soldier. Which immediate? What's that? Does it spill over? No, I don't think it spills over in terms of content. But it's like literally, one division finishes. You get the behind the scenes of, then you get the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, yep. yeah. And then that rolls straight into Loki. Yeah. Yeah. And then Loki pretty much rolls straight into What If. Yep. Which pretty much rolls straight into Ms. Marvel, which pretty much loads rolls straight into Hawkeye, and that gets you through most of the year. Do you know what I mean? And, um, and uh, well, there might be a little break, I guess, because what if it's mid-2021? Ms. Marvel and Hawkeye are late 2021. And then yeah. 2022, it's like Moon Knight and She-Hulk. You know, and then there's still, there's Secret Invasion, there's Ironheart, there's Armor Wars, there's a Wakanda series. They're all clearly placed for 2022, 2023. It's just, a, it's a shit. They're, they're, Armor they're doing, um, they're doing, I don't think they're due to do, they're not doing any zombie stuff. No, no, oh, zombie I think it's zombie wars. I'm like, what? No, no, I said armor wars. They're doing armor oh, wars. wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're doing Ironhearts and they're doing armor wars. 
Ironheart's going to be cool. I, I wish they would have introduced Riri in one of the movies like earlier as a, yeah. as a younger character than to build to it. But I think I'm cool. It's cool to do an Ironheart. What was the, there was a lot of backlash for that character when they introduced her. Yeah. Well, there was two things. Well, one, yeah, yeah, carry on, Johnny. I said one, one was because people were upset that they made a, a young black girl and, and smart enough like Tony, well, Tony Stark. I was literally about to say, yeah, that's because you get, you know, unfortunately you can't stop fucking racists from the last century being yeah. comics fans as well. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's just ridiculous to me that, that the like people were complaining about, you know, that there's, there's, there's a young female black American, you know, iron person. It's like getting getting a fucking grip, lads. Iron Man's been like Tony Stark since the early 60s. We can afford to have a different iteration, and it yeah. doesn't rub out the fact that Tony Stark exists. This is what I don't get about any of these complaints. <laughs> People aren't saying, well, we're going to magic these original iterations of the characters out of existence, so you'll never be able to read those comics again or hear about them again. It's not right. desecration. It's all fucking fiction. Yeah. You know, If you don't like it, don't watch it. Fair enough. But it's yeah. all fucking fiction. Just stop getting your dick in a fucking sling. Exactly. Because you've heard to make, you know, Iron Man's inheritor. It's all circular somebody anyways. Who isn't white and is female. Yeah. yeah. I and, don't care. And also, these characters don't fucking exist. You know, right. I mean, I remember, you know, <laughs> I'm, <real> for, <laughs> for all that I love it, um, for all that we're having a very serious conversation about this narrative, it's all made up shit that doesn't exist. I mean, right. I mean, you, you know, I remember, like, uh, sometimes I'd be sat at my desk at Titan and members of my team would be sat outside literally having interminable conversations about the vicissitudes of the Marvel universe and the DT, DC universe. I'm going, <laughs> I remember a guy who worked for me rejoicing when the contracts had been cleared and he was triumphantly going like somebody would be at a sports match. This is the day it's absolutely happened. Spider-Man's back in the Avengers, back in the MCU where he belongs. Do you know what I mean? And I was thinking, yeah, I mean, you know, he still fucking exists. I mean, Spider-Man's a concept, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's this is none of this shit's real. And they were <laughs> like, uh, and on the same day, one of those guys said to me, "Well, you know, I mean, you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, who do you think, you know, would actually win? You know, if it was the Tom Holland version of Spider-Man uh, versus the." Um, and it was a quite a heavily powered character. You know, so like, like, I'll, I'll tell you what, versus Captain America. Who do you think could win out of Captain America? Because Captain America's superhuman, but he's still human. But Spider-Man's got his spider powers. But Captain America is like the greatest fighter, you know. Uh, and I'd say, well, I would say, based upon his extreme combat experience, I've got two answers. One is, based on his extreme combat experience, Captain America can probably outwit Spider-Man and beat him. Yeah. But the real answer is they're both fucking fictional. Who gives a fuck? You know, it, 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 it's whatever way you want to answer it is the answer. Because yeah, right guess what? There's, there's, there's no paradigm that you can look at and go, yeah, that's the absolute scale of who can beat who. Because these characters don't fucking exist. Right. You know, it's as simple as that. And I used to like, I used to rain on the parade of a lot of these internal conversations, but it's always going, well, it doesn't matter because they don't exist, guys. You know, yeah. by the way, could you get back to work? Is that all right? <laughs> yeah, you know, because every time in our office, you know, a, 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 an MCU trailer would release, and I was, I was guilty of this too. Everything would, of course, grind to a fucking halt because everybody we employ is a hardcore nerd. So they don't just like, you. Know, it's not like you're an accountant who likes Marvel comics and like you stop trading for five minutes to watch the Spider-Man trailer. You know, Titan, Titan HQ, 
work would stop for 90 minutes while people watched it <laughs> 10 times and endlessly debated it. And in the end, I'd be going, lads, come on, fucking get back to work. I love this shit just as much as you do. But you really got to, you know, pull your fucking pants up and stop jerking off now. I need you to actually do some work if that's okay. You know what I mean? Talking about this shit is what the pub is for, right? That's right. <laughs> So, so oh, you know, hilarious. I mean, and, and that, the idea that a bunch of these incredibly sad human beings, what the fuck do they call them? Hang on. What's the name for, for these pricks? Um, uh, uh, comic skate comic guys, gators? right? No, the comic these comic skate oh, fools, right? These comic, yeah. abject comic skate fools. You know, like the, basically the, uh, the poor relations of the, uh, of the Punisher cops jerking off in the back of the panty, panty wagon we were talking about last week, right? right. These these fucking fools are getting so annoyed about like the concept of uh, the superhero universe is being widened out to female protagonists and non-white protagonists. Who cares? Who cares what these idiots think? Because the yeah. comics we all know and love, they all guess what? They all still exist. Nobody's magic the amount of existence. There's fucking fifty years of Marvel comics where the lead characters are straight white males. And there's thousands, millions of pages. You can go back and read any of that stuff anytime you want. Do you know what I mean? It's so all collected. Much it. It's all out there. You know, it's all right to play around with the form. There's, well, and, that's not a problematic thing. It's a then, good thing, right? And then making new characters. Does, does, yeah, then making new characters that are diverse or whatever doesn't erase the old character. Like, they made Miles Morales, but there's still Peter Parker. And there's still stories exactly. for both. You know, they've exactly. made... I mean, they've they've done different Catch America, but there's still Steve Rogers. You know, it still comes back and it's still there. It's just taking a new direction and making something you know new. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like you brought up Miles Morales. I always had a contingent. I don't like calling Miles Morales Spider Man, and it's not because he's black. It's because his name is Miles Morales. You know, there's no there's nothing out there that doesn't say you can't make Peter Parker a a black kid from Brooklyn. And, and just name him Peter Parker, you know, that's my kid. Like, like if it's Spider-Man, then his name is Peter Parker. Cause that's, that's who Spider-Man is to me, but that's where it ends. You know what I'm saying? He could be any race. He could be any color. You know, there, there was a thing on uh, Twitter the other day where a guy was like, I've, I've, it, it's time for a black Superman. Well, that's just about to happen as well. Yeah, I mean, is. That, that is it's... literally just about to happen. Yep. Yeah, I, I yeah. hope they're doing when I mean, does it matter? Yeah. That's the thing, though. Does it matter? Do you have to make a black Superman? Well, well, do you I have d- to make I, this, or you have you get what I'm see, saying? I'm not so saying yeah, that no, you I can. get it. I'm just saying, I, is it does it really matter if you do or you don't? I, I don't think it matters if you do or you don't, and I think you know that swings both both ways on that pendulum. I think it matters if you do. I don't think it matters if you don't. I don't think yeah. it matters. So so basically, if Coates writes a script for a black Superman, I'm first in line to go and see that. I want to see it. Do you know what I mean? It yeah, doesn't eradicate do. the fact that Clark Kent, white boy Superman exists. We've had the whitest of the white Superman <laughs> since like 19 fucking 30, 37 or whatever. You know what I mean? 1938. Yeah. 1938. Uh, and, yeah. and, uh, and that version of Superman will always exist. You know, if there's going to be a movie in which Clark Kent or A, another like nom de plume for Superman, is going to be like, is going yeah. to be African American, that's fucking awesome. So I'm all over think- it. I'll go and watch that. I, I just don't, you know, I don't think you can be proprietorial over A a bunch of IP that a massive corporation owns, right? Right. So actually, the massive corporation in reality, whether it's Disney or whether it's Warner's, 
don't give a fuck about what any of us think anyway, right? All they care about is the almighty dollar and how they can make more money. That yep. is the sole reason for these characters to exist, right? 100%. Uh, the fact they've created art out of this medium is just a happy accident. It's not, in <laughs> fact, what the medium was created for. Yeah, and even when it was guys at the dawn of comics, right, like Jack Leibovitz and and uh, all those kind of fellows who set up the Marvel universe or you yep. know, sort of the DC Comics universe, and then you know guys like Goodman who set up the Marvel universe, that they weren't trying to create art; they were just trying to make money. And the yep. people who own all that IP, which has become art, who, who own it now, they're just trying to make money. So therefore, yep. I just don't think you can hold any of that stuff like so precious to your chest, which is all created in the name of commerce. It's not like somebody saying, I'm going to take Shakespeare's The Tempest and I'm going to rewrite my own version of it. And I want that to become the most popular version and for people to fucking forget about Shakespeare because my version of it, you know, set in 2012, set in Jamaica, you know, is going to fucking <laughs> obliterate the memory of Shakespeare. And then all the Shakespeare fans go up high on the hog because we're talking about a legit piece of art that's created which actually, by the way, was also created to make money, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a fact, you know, because yeah. Shakespeare was like a singing player, director. He was making these shows to make a fucking shitload of cash. That's how he, that's how he supported himself. Yep. But but the, the idea that people get on their high horse about, you can't do that to Superman. Well, actually, Superman's Damn. owned by fucking Warner <clears throat> Brothers, and they don't give a fuck what you do with Superman as long as it's profitable. That yep, is the right. truth of all of this. So people should just, like all these fucking idiots at uh, Comicsgate, and all, all these people who are so invested in these characters that, yes, I absolutely love, because we wouldn't be here every week having this conversation if we didn't love these characters, <laughs> right, right? right? But you've got to keep it in perspective and look at what it is. And people are allowed to mess around with it constantly. And artistically, some of these things will work and some of these things won't work, but they won't work or not work purely based upon the concept that you decide to introduce. So it won't be a bad idea just because you want to make Superman an African-American or because you want a female African-American or Caribbean-American version of Iron Man. That, that None of that actually matters. All that matters is how good the execution is, right? Yep, you know, yeah. And you've got to judge things upon whether they're artistically successful or not, knowing all the time that these things only exist because people are trying to make not just a book, but millions of books out of them. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Simple as that. Trying to put some scratch, some scrilla in their pocket. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. You know, <laughs> Warner Brothers is trying to make a bit of cheddar. Sorry. You know, Disney are trying to make a bit of cheddar. And actually, they're managing to make like billions of units of cheddar. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like that's what it's all about. It's just a fucking machine. So yeah. do you think do you think Warner Brothers is going to use for their if they if they do go the route of doing a Black Superman? Do you think they're going to do the the whole Clark Kent mythos? Or do you think they're going to go with Calvin Ellis, which is uh, Superman twenty three, which I, is I a Black think Superman? I, that's an excellent question. I was thinking about wondering about exactly that myself. I think there's a strong chance I'd like them to do Clark Kent, just have Clark Kent be African American. But you know, fuck yeah. it. If it's Calvin Ellis, I'll be all over that as well. Because well, Calvin Ellis is cool. He's a, he's a he's an interesting character because he's different than Clark in a lot of ways because he's you know president and and all this stuff. Yeah. I think it'd be a lot of fun for them to, to tackle that route. Um, I, mean, I wouldn't care if they did a black Clark Kent either. It'd be fun too. But I think you've got, you've already got the, the framework for this in the comics and it would allow them to have, then you could eventually have, you know, maybe have the Calvin Ellis Superman and say, uh, and uh, Henry Cavill Superman meet up together and when they cross multiverses and stuff, it'd yeah. be kind of cool. 
I, I mean, uh, which is essentially what you know exactly the legitimization exercise they've just been through with uh, with Into the Spider Verse. What yeah. I loved about that is they said, "Hey, it's all legitimate," which is what I think. You know, yep. I think that's exactly right. I love Miles Morales, and I, I love Peter Parker. Always have, you know. So the fact that they both coexist, I think, is amazing. And all that, and Spider Ham coexists. You know, it's all Spider-Ham. good. You know, to me, I'd like to see a fucking you know the you know the Snyder cut, the Snyder cut with like the Inferior Five turning up in the background. Oh, Do you dude. know what I mean? I love, I'd, I'd love all five. of that. Stuff. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll see. I want you know, to make a Spider Ham Spider Man Noir movie, a team up movie, just those two. That'd be brilliant. That'd be great. I can feel it happening. I can feel it happening already. Noir Ham. Noir Ham. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> Slice Noir. Right. <laughs> So well, it's it's been an interesting few weeks. I love that we've been doing this. The conversations always end up going into this huge, crazy divergence, you know. And I think it stems from us, honestly, obviously, all three of us, and and if Casey was here, him him as well. Yeah, love what we're doing and love the, this medium that has sparked all these conversations. Sure. I mean, we just got into a deep conversation on culture, race, and 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 what it means to to to, to everything that we we've, we've been talking about it's it's kind of crazy yeah no bringing that's it back what, around that's what i love about it yeah no carry yeah. on carry on Kendall. yeah bringing it back around next week is the final week we'll have we'll we'll we'll, we'll have one more show after that because we have the making of and we'll wrap up our wandavision um, and who knows? They they haven't said that this. Have they actually officially said this is the only season for for Wanda? No, no they haven't no. officially said it's the only season. There could be. So I was reading maybe today there could we'll be, be a second season. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll be right back here next year talking Wanda all over again. But as we've mentioned a few times, so the so everybody listening knows, um, if you liked what's going on with with WandaVision and us our conversations, we're going to do this again, and we're going to we have plans for everything moving forward right so yeah. all the different iterations did. coming out we're gonna have a saturday morning uh this feels like an adult version of saturday morning cartoons from when <laughs> i was growing up right in the 70s and 80s and i somewhere at your you're about i think you're about 10 years older than me so you're right in that group that I got am. up and i don't know how it was in england but man saturday mornings you'd wake up you grab your big bowl of cocoa puffs that's what we always had in the house. And I'd get up, me and my brother would get up before everybody else in the house. We'd turn on and we'd watch Fantastic Four reruns because because um, they still played their reruns. That's how that's how I was introduced to the Fantastic Four was through cartoons. You know, that's how I was introduced to Spider-Man. Stan Lee's voice would echo through my living room every Saturday morning. And and that's how I knew who Stan Lee was. Yeah. And the and as crazy as it was the um super friends that's what introduced yeah. me to batman and superman yep. and I, well superman was the movies but that's what definitely introduced me to batman and the flash and wonder woman it's all through superman and getting excited to get up in the morning to watch these crazy dumbass shows <laughs> and now i'm 46 i'm going to be turning 47 this year and we're sitting here Saturday morning, I'm waking up eight o'clock in the morning and I'm excited and I'm texting Johnny and I'm texting Sumner and I'm saying, Are you guys ready to do this? Are you guys <laughs> about the same shit that I got excited yeah. for when I was eight, nine years old. And and it's like 
life really is a circle. It, it all is. comes back around, and I love it. Oh man, it's great, mate, mate! It's so true. I mean, just to add to what you're saying, you, you're right. I'm almost exact. I'm exactly ten years older than you, maybe eleven years older than you. Uh, and um, we didn't have Saturday morning cartoon culture in the UK. Saturday yeah. morning TV was slightly different in the sense that um, up until a certain point, up until round about the mid seventies, Saturday morning TV was kind of a mixture of um, old serials like Flash Gordon and like episodes of Zorro and stuff like that, right? Nice. You know, the, the, the guy, uh, and um, all of that, the Disney Zorro, you know, and all those kind of things. And then and episodes of old 50s American TV shows and Laurel and Hardy and all that kind of stuff. And then from about the mid-70s onwards in the UK, they had these kind of like kids, like kind of like magazine shows, which would be like three hours long. And uh, the one on the BBC was called Swap Shop, and it had these presenters, which they 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 cut away now and again to cartoons or, or adventure shows, but it was mainly uh, kids in the audience kind of interacting with guests and shit like that kind of thing. And the one yeah. on ITV, the independent channel, the, the the one with the adverts and whatnot, commercials was called Tiz Was, which was a legendary show. But but the way we saw things like in that era, ten years before you were talking about. The way we saw things like um, Hanna-Barbera cartoons or yeah. the Spider-Man cartoons, the Grant Ray Lawrence, the original Spider-Man cartoons, or the Grant Ray Lawrence Marvel superhero show, this is from the mid-60s, is that we? It, the way it worked in the UK is on both the independent channels and the BBC, you would have a period of time between um, 4.30 and 6 o'clock, 90 minutes every day, it was like children's programs, yeah. So the idea was you get back from school, from primary school, and you watch these children's programs before 6 p.m., which is when the first version of the adult news comes on. In the UK, you'd have a 6 p.m. news slot, and then you'd have your evening programming, right? Yep. You know, and, uh, and I, between that, that slot, yeah, between that slot and also um, during school holidays when they used to run all these shows Monday to Friday in the mornings. Yeah. yeah. That's when I first saw things like Spider-Man. And, and so my first exposure to Spider-Man, it's a toss-up, and I can't remember whether it was actually reading the Marvel comics, which were by that point, the first ones I ever read were John Romita on, on art. Yeah. And then um, the the reprint comics, um, which used to feature like Ditko's artwork. Yeah. I I I I then my my granddad then started me buying those as well. But it's a toss up whether I saw I knew Romita was the first person I saw on the on the art for Spider Man because when I started to see the earlier Ditko stuff in the Marvel Tales reprints, I was like, wow, this looks completely different. And at yeah. first, very early on, I was more of a Romita fan than a Ditko fan. But relatively in relatively short order, I began to, even as a kid, realize the kind of artistic purity of what Ditko had done. And the fact that it has that, he's clearly the guy who created the character. You can see that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that it has it an energy like to it. But the but the a lot of the a lot of the designs they used in the Grant Ray Lawrence cartoon show are based on the Romita art, right? And, right. and I, I don't know whether I saw the comic or I saw the cartoon first, but I do know that cartoon massively, massively resonated with me. And it does to this day, because it, if you ever watch the 60s cartoon, which, as Kenrick said, we're going to talk about fairly shortly in an upcoming episode, what the, the animation is terrible, and yeah. some of the storytelling is ridiculous. But <laughs> the, the design of the show, the backdrops, 
and yeah. the vibe and the music and the voices are amazing. Yeah, and, and what it really does, just about more than anything else that's ever existed, is captured that kind of hepcat jazzy vibe that Marvel Comics had in the mid-60s. That Stanley voice, even though Stanley doesn't do any voices in the show, that right. kind of, hey, true believers kind of deal go, that's going yeah. on all the time. And it, and it has a hard jazz soundtrack, 60s improvisational jazz soundtrack, which is amazing. And, and the, the, the guys who play do the voices for like J. Jonah Jameson and the guy who does Spider-Man and he does Peter Parker. And it's the same guy who does both characters, but he, he changes his voice by an octave reg in his register. So whether he's doing Peter yeah. Parker or Spider-Man, right? Um, that guy's still alive, by the way, who, uh, who, uh, who voiced, who voiced uh, 60s cartoon Spider-Man. Those voices are still to this day, whenever I read J. Jonah Jameson or Spidey, or Peter Parker, those are the voices I hear in my head. They're just <laughs> indelible. You know, I can't can't get rid of them. But um, that's the way I first consume those things. And I think I've said, as I've said to you before, I said on another show I was doing recently, um, I used to read my American comics, and when they used to once a season have the adverts for all the 1960s cartoon shows. Yeah. No, sorry, for the Saturday morning cartoon shows. You know, so you'd see they'd have all the, the cartoon shows, all the Hanna-Barbera's, the new season. They'd have things like maybe Shazam and stuff like that. I used to get, reading these in in the UK when I was like 10, 11 years old, massive, massive, uh, huge, like a huge sense of FOMO, you know, to me. <laughs> and I'd just be like, fucking Super hell, jealous. I can't even... Can't even see this shit. It's fucking three hours of all the stuff that I want to watch. And I can't. Super Friends. Yeah. Super, Super Friends wasn't screened in the UK. You never got to see Super Friends, right? You get to see the 60s Batman show and the 60s Spider-Man cartoon, but didn't get right. Super Friends, you know. And it's stuff I had huge, like, oh my Spider-Man God. Spider-Man's amazing yeah. friends. Yeah. And when I when I first visited the, the US when I was um, 16, the only thing I wanted to do on Saturday morning was literally spend three hours in front of the TV, like fucking watching all the shit on television. Like a true American. You know? uh, yeah. And, um, that is but, awesome. To, so that's my experience. But to roll back to what you were saying, Kenrick, <clears throat> our plan is it not gents that we're going to have essentially three concurrent threads here. Yep. And we're going to uh, carry on exploring all of the MCU TV shows as they come out. Yep. And then yep. we're going to do exactly the same thing for all the MCU movies. And what we'll do is we'll go back and we'll start from the beginning. So we'll start with Iron Man. And Can then we we're going to... Up... Sorry, carry on. No, no, go ahead. And then we're going to go back and we're going to do the same thing for Marvel cartoons, Start starting with the Grand Trey Lawrence shows from the 60s, which is uh, Spider-Man and Marvel superheroes. Do it's going to be uh... epic. Since we're doing the TV portions as, as well with WandaVision... And all that. Johnny and I already did a series on the Netflix stuff. Yeah. Which at the time were considered canon. Yeah. I don't know if they if they're gonna I think they're still that. considered canon, mate. I think they're still considered canon. I think I so think, too. I think they don't think they're planning to contradict those shows. And in but fact, should we, in, we should yeah. probably talk about them at some point. Oh and, yeah, and, I'd I, I would absolutely love to because I've got a lot lot to lot lot of thoughts about those. Yeah, Most, and maybe mostly not do, positive. Yeah, maybe not do a per episode series right. we, I mean, yeah, we could but maybe kind of talk about each individual episode as as a one whole thing to yeah kind of move everything forward correct yeah. i don't think episode by i think when it comes to doing the, the, the looking backward stuff because i think we should, my my idea was what we should do is 
we should go back and do every Marvel live action show. Yeah. You know, so so basically we start with uh, 70s Spider-Man and 70s Incredible Hulk, but we do one episode devoted to each show yeah. rather than episode yeah. by episode yeah. breakdown. Yeah. We'll go insane if you have to go and watch every episode of Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> because, oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I love them, but they're very difficult to sit through episode yeah. by episode. There's a couple of key ones when... you could pull out and watch, you know, but you don't want yeah. to watch the whole thing. Yeah, They weren't difficult when I was nine. I loved, <laughs> no, the glorious. I loved that show then. <laughs> do, do you know this? Like the the way that um, the way that I consumed those in the UK was that uh, basically yeah, the what they they released them as movies. Yeah, they yeah, released them yeah. as three movies, and so they released the pilot and the second episode as what uh, the pilot might be ninety minutes long, so they just released that as one, and then there was a two parter they released as two, and then there was a final two parter which was set in Hong Kong, and that was released as Spider Man: The Dragon's Challenge. I saw yeah. all of those at the cinema with my uncle Ray. And I, nice. and I fucking love them. I mean, I enjoyed them as much as I enjoyed Star Wars. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, nice. When you watch it now, it's like, it's funny how when you're a kid, your imagination fills in the gap in all the, the shortcomings in the production value, right? And if it's something you really want to see, like you're a massive Spider-Man fan, just seeing oh, yeah. Spider-Man on screen. Brilliantly played, by the way, by Nicholas Hammond. He was great. Yep. He was really yeah. good. I really wish he would turn up in the MCU somewhere particularly now that he's been on the screen quite recently in, in a, cause he's in once upon a time in America, he plays the director, Sam Wanamaker and he was great in that movie. Right. So do you know this, you know, that's Nicholas Hammond. If you watch once upon a time in America, the guy who's directing um, the, 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 uh, the, epi- the, the episodes of Lancer or whatever, that is that, that director is Nicholas Hammond, the original Spider-Man. That's so oh, wow. Cool. That's crazy. Have yeah, they, he was in yeah. uh, the sound of music. He was. He's the oldest boy in the sound of music. Yeah, That's exactly yeah. We right. talked about. We actually have a whole episode about this. With High you. on the hill with a lonely <laughs> goatherd. I'm sure it was with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> now he's somebody I really would like to interview. Oh, we should get oh, him on. Get the, you should yeah, get him I'm going to try. Degree. I'm going to try. I'm going to try for hard degree for sure. Yeah, nice. Hard degree to that suggestion, Kenrick. There you go. Hard degree. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I think the way you've talked about it, I think that's exactly how we do it. I, I think if we yeah. went by episode by episode in all the previous series, we'd just that's like literally our brains would be a pile of like a Marvel striped mush by the end of it. You know, I thought <laughs> right. we'd probably I, I, not, I, not have our sanity. I tried to watch The Incredible Hulk and with uh, Bill Bixby. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. I, well, I tried it, watching like a couple months ago and I remember loving that show so much as a yeah. kid. I couldn't wait. And I'd watch the Duke of Hazard, and then right after the yeah. Duke of Hazard, it would be the Incredible Hulk. And it was, I just couldn't do it, man. I was uh, like, because oh, the pacing so is the, pa- <laughs> the pacing is so off compared to what yeah. we used to now. Yeah. Shit, yeah. man! If you thought watching the Incredible Hulk was bad, and I've done this recently, try watching the Dukes of Hazard. Uh, no, oh, try God, watching the Dukes of Hazard. It's horrid. That is horrid. That is just almost impossible to do. And yeah. I used to love that show. You know what oh, I mean? I used to love it. Are you kidding me? I, I'd, 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 be at, I'd be out riding my bike. It's almost seven. <laughs> I got to race home. Duke yeah, of exactly. Hazard is on. Yeah, yeah, Destination Television. It used to be, <laughs> they used to show it early Saturday evenings in the UK, like around about six o'clock. And um, it was just brilliant cheering them for the eyes. But any of those shows, fucking try watching The Love Boat now, mate. Fancy oh, Island. I mean, it's like pulling your own teeth out one by one. The funny thing is, is they try to recreate those shows. Yeah. And even the recreations, because of the source material is just so it's just not a part of this time anymore. It's such, it's such a capture in time that to recreate them now, it, it, you can't, 
and then people get mad because, oh, well, you, you didn't do this. You didn't, because if they did it the way they did it, then nobody would watch. Right. Correct. Absolutely <laughs> right. A- absolutely right. Yeah. No two ways. Yeah. I mean, the way shows are the, in the post MTV era, which is when it really changed post MTV yeah. era, wherever you was educated, you educated viewers to see large drops of information. You know, and it'd be really quick. I mean, the first TV I, I, show, right, pretty much, to be put together in that way. And even now, you watch it now, it seems very slow. And it seems yeah. like it's full of expositionary dialogue. But the first show to, to have a real step change in the way it was put together was Hill Street Blues, right? That was the first, like, fast pay. That's the first that TV show that put loads of different um, plot lines into one episode and cut really quickly. And then, then um, the next show that really did it was Saint Elsewhere, and they both really pushed that form in terms of we're going to give you shitloads of information and cut it together really quickly. Uh, and that's really that. But if you watch the early episodes of Hill Street Blues and Saint Elsewhere now, they still appear to be really slow, really, yeah. really slow. Yeah, um, but they represented a massive step change. And nowadays, of course, people are just used to like, you watch one episode of SVU, for example, and you've got tons of narrative information being thrown at you in 42 minutes. Like, like in WandaVision, is there just so much information. Like, yeah. And, um, and that's the I, thing. I got something here. We got to wrap up because uh, Johnny and I have another, have another thing we have to do. Oh, of course you do. Before we go... What if this Into the Spider-Verse was the very beginning of the multiverse that we watched, because it really is, and then Luke Skywalker moment that Elizabeth Olsen has alluded to is Spider-Man showing up in WandaVision. Oh, well, that That'd, would be amazing. That would be like Tom be Holland just rocks up. That would be phenomenal. Yeah. If you think about it, Hey. That would be crazy. <laughs> that would That'd be, be crazy. amazing. Miles Mor- live action Miles Morales shows. Oh yeah, or Miles Morales. Dude, that would be that, that would be amazing. That would blow everyone's mind. <laughs> oh my god, that, that, that everybody's mind would turn faces inside would out. Melt. <laughs> yeah. If like the Miles Morales Spider Man cost, I mean, shit. Maybe that's what they've got like held back. Some we're not even we haven't even talked about before. Like it's a real it's a real depth charge. It's like yeah. boom. You know, boom. The, yeah, that would be amazing. Spider Man Noir turns up. up, takes his mask off, and it's like Nick Cage. No, that would be brilliant, right? It's Spider Pig shows up. <laughs> a live action Spider Pig. Oh yeah, oh, man. That's hilarious. So, so many Spider-Ham. options. Hey, well, guys, right, guys. such oh, a pleasure talking to you about this episode. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, you guys who, who've listened, we didn't spoil too much. We did go off on quite a divergent from WandaVision, but rest assured, this is a WandaVision show. <laughs> <laughs> it starts there, yeah. ends there. And join don't, us next week. Yeah, right. Next week hard, nine. hard agree. Episode nine. Can't can't wait. All right. All right, guys. Thanks. Take care. Everyone. And we're back. That's right. We are back. Back in the saddle again. Well, <laughs> I hope you guys really, really enjoyed that as much as we did making it for you. And if you like what you heard, you want to hear more, you got to go check out spoilerverse.com because at spoilerverse.com, we have a plethora. Plethora is such a, it's such a snobbish word. <laughs> I like it though. <laughs> It's a good word. <laughs> we have an obscene amount of oh, interviews obscene. with 
amazing directors and artists of all walks of life and editors and writers and oh my god are you a lover of comic books like we are and then there's so many so many amazing people from the comic book world over at spoilerverse.com and i highly implore you to go there and check it out yeah, and while you're there, you can check out all the other podcasts on our network, like Bridges and Geekdoms and Funny Book Forensics and Haphazard Adventures and Nerds from the Crypt and so many more. Misery People Point Radio. episodes all the time. Misery Point Radio has got a ton of great stuff out there. Go check all of them out. And check out all of the reviews and previews and articles we have going up every single day for you. Every day on Swillivers.com for you to check out, to read, and to love, and to like, and to comment. We have a store link. If you want to help support the site, you can do it two ways. One, go to our Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash country, or go to our store link in the middle of the site there and get a t-shirt, a face mask, a hoodie, something. Look fly as hell and help support the site when you do that because we get a dollar or two. And, you know, maybe you want to talk to us. If you do, you can do it you know, obviously on all the socials, but if you go to scpod.us slash discord, you can join our public discord server and come chat with us all day long. I couldn't say it better myself, dude. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You just mouthed out a ton of information at once. And really, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy what you're hearing because we're, we're working our butts off to bring it to you. We are. We are. I guess there's only one left thing. One left thing? Yeah. I'm going to go with it. There's only one left thing left to do. What's that? In an oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. As Cthulhu compels you to do. Open the mind. And even more.